Hello, this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres and I'm your host. And our special guest is Kurt Robbins. Kurt is the founder of Higher Learning LV in Las Vegas, Nevada. He is a technical writer and instructional designer who has been de- who has been developing science-based educational and training content for Fortune 200 enterprise companies for more than 20 years. He has also written more than 130 licensed applications for companies entering the legal cannabis industry. And on top of all this, he does much more that we're going to talk about. He is also the host of the C3 podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and all over the place. So from Las Vegas, Nevada, Kurt, how you doing? Miguel, thanks for having me on again. I always enjoy talking to you, sir. It was fun having you on the first time, and I really enjoyed being on your podcast with, with your co-hosts. It was cool. Yeah, I Tom Bailey and some... Dina Putnam. Sorry, man, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Dina Putnam, John Bailey. Uh, Dina's with LeafWise Naturals in Orange County, California, and John is with Mindset Genesis here in Las Vegas. Uh, I love getting smart people together to talk about cannabis business topics. It's fun. It was. It was a good time. You got a cool thing going, man. It is. It's really. It's really relaxed. It's. But it's loose. But I mean, you know what I mean? Not loose, but like uh it's not uptight. You know what I mean? You don't you don't feel like you're uptight when you're when I didn't feel uptight at all. You know what I mean? Even it was Kinda, good. I felt very comfortable on your podcast. Oh, good, good. I I'm felt glad. very comfortable on your podcast, man. Kind of our unofficial tagline is uh, no small talk, all business. That uh I, I can take a thirty five minute recording and edit it down to nineteen minutes, uh just cutting out what I believe is superfluous content. <laughs> I hear so you. It's a little hobby, you know, but uh, if at the end of the day, it educates some industry professionals and helps get rid of some of the misinformation and urban legend that you and I are constantly discussing and dealing with, then it's a good thing, right? Right on. Yeah. And you've got, you've, uh, you've, you've done some new things at Higher Learning LV and there's a several things that we want to talk about. The first thing we want to talk about is uh, what you've got, what you got going on with Higher Learning LV since we last spoke, which was around almost this time last year, roughly, almost roughly. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 unfolding nicely. Uh, we have a very large article section. Uh, when you and I talked a year ago, we didn't have the C3 podcasts. Uh, and, and none of these things had been realized yet. Uh, and it's really nice because this didn't just fall out of the sky. This was very strategic. Uh, but unless you've got a $25 million marketing budget, you, you know, you have limited resources, uh, and for people like you and I, particularly time, right? There's only 24 hours in a day. You can only get so much done in a week or a month or any unit of time. And so it's really very satisfying. I feel very blessed right now to see the vision that I've had for a couple of years coming to fruition and, you know, involving smart thought leaders like you, John Bailey, Dina Putnam, uh, John Carver, there, there's, you know, there's a lot of passionate, intelligent people out there who work full time in the cannabis or hemp industries, and they really give a damn, you know, they really want to see this done right because we're in the middle of all that, right? And, you know, I, I don't want to bump into your question time here, but no, not at all, uh, man. Good stuff. it's disruptive. We're, we're in a very disruptive time, borderline chaotic. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's it's a wild time. You're right. You're right. It's an amazing time to be alive, and it's a really wild time to be alive. And go ahead. You look like you were going to say something. Go ahead, man. Well, I just if you don't like uh, 
if you don't like frenetic dynamic environments, if that makes you neurotic, then yeah, don't get in the cannabis industry. Don't do <laughs> hemp. Uh, cause, cause it, it's, it, and it takes a bit of obsession to, to compete, you know, like this is not a mail it in for six hours a day type of industry right now. There was a recently the announcement by president Biden too, right? You know, he's, right. he did what he, he did what he did. And I'm going to get just your thoughts. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't have Political an axe around either way. What's that? Political theater. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bit cynical about it. I'll admit. Uh, and, you. you know, you and I have talked before. Uh, at heart, I'm an optimist. I know. But th when we can't ignore reality, and when I look at the track record of Congress over the last whatever period of time you want to take, months, years, decades, it ain't so good. Uh, and for every hundred units of talk we get, we get half a unit of action. So I'm just, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people rallying behind this Biden announcement, hoping that there's a lot more good stuff behind it. I'm just a little cynical. I wish there was, but I'm not so sure there is. I hear you, man. It's a weird one too. It's kind of like, I was, I had a couple of recordings earlier this week and we were talking about it also. And um, it, it's one, one person said it like this. He was like, you know, he understands the cynicism and the, and the, and the skepticism. He understands that completely. And he's also like, but you know what? The president of the United States just said that. And it's true. And that was when, because I was a little, I was kind of like, oh, it's a little too little, too late, man. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that just oh, what yeah. comes to mind. You and it's a like, million other too people. Too, <laughs> too little, too late, you know. And and I understand that completely. And um, but then it was Mike. It was Mike Robinson. Mike Robinson. He was like, he he was one actually reminded me of the optimism that is both in you and I. <laughs> and it was it was kind of like, yeah, you know what, you're right. And then he when that reminded me of. Uh, a couple episodes I did with a guy named Yanutz Rus out of Transylvania, Romania. Oh, interesting. Started a clothing hemp company because he has hemp is actually has a pretty rich history in Romania, all the way down to like com through communism and everything. And in 2018, when that farm, that hemp farm bill passed, right. he started a business because okay. you get what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, that's when that I was opened like, the gates for him and it, and it opens the gates for it a lot of people just right. because that person in that position of office said what that person said. And, and that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to, you know, to counter the cynicism, it, it's positive progress. Like, because everyone in the cannabis and hemp industries knows that some days you, you, you make progress and you push the rock forward and other days you don't right? You, you take a step backwards. And if you want to get really academic about this, if you look at all the jurisdictions just in the United States, alone North America or the entire world, there are successes and pushbacks every day. Uh, you know, as you and I have talked about before, state of California, progressive states like Colorado, Oregon, Washington state, they have sometimes the majority of their jurisdictions. In other words, their cities and their townships and their counties have banned cannabis businesses. In California, more jurisdictions have banned cannabis businesses than allow it. Yet hmm. the rest of the world thinks that California is this bastion of progressive weed stuff. And it is, but it's also 
60 something percent banning cannabis businesses saying nope not here not here go home crazy hippies go to berkeley we don't want you here so uh, you know it's a it's a pocketed mess that's the best way i've found to describe it it is interesting it is really interesting and uh <laughs> it, it, it's it's interesting i'm, I'm leaving it at that because i mean we, we talked a little bit about it in the first time we did we uh we did an episode on mine it's just kind of like the timing of all this stuff 100 years later and all these things happen around the world i don't want to get wrapped up in that because <laughs> we could get wrapped up in that oh, real yes easily. we could yes we could but you know uh you brought up testing and you recently put out an article. I, I read it just last night. We were talking about it right before we hit record. And it was about um, testing. And you had done, uh, you actually, it was a really good article. And I just want to ask you to exactly. elaborate a little bit on it because you're. I don't want to try to, you know, you're the one who wrote it, man. <laughs> yeah, this is a topic that I'm going to be writing about more frequently, discussing on podcasts more frequently. But this particular article is in the form of a 1500 word deep dive called State Regulations for Cannabis Contaminants. And it is a study summary. So in other words, it is summarizing a peer-reviewed research study on this topic. And this one's really nice because it's very recent data. It's a study released in September of this year, 2022. And uh, it is one of the better studies out there because it considered thousands of samples of cannabis. Uh, in fact, it mined data from, quote, the compliance testing records of 5,654 cured flower samples and 3,760 extract or concentrate samples. And so that's where they got all their data for what I talk about in this article. That's cool. That's cool. And and in it, they actually come up with a formula. You and I were talking about this and you were explaining about how they actually came up with a, a formula to try to price it per pound, how to test pricing per pound, pricing, testing per pound. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? And it's kind of yeah, pricey. And it's like that is actually a different article. Oh, we're thinking of different. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I was thinking of, okay. You pulled up a different, I was no, thinking. No, no, that's, that's okay. Because I'm pulling up that article. That's another deep dive. This one's That's when I was thinking words. of when we were talking. <laughs> But it's both about testing. But that was, yeah, that was the one I, I uh, you, you put out an email. And you, you, well, you know, and, and I think that the takeaway, Miguel, is that not only through Higher Learning LV and what I've developed, but this is, this is a trending topic and it affects everyone. It affects patients. It affects consumers. If you think your product has a certain formulation and a certain cannabinoid ratio and a certain set of terpenes and it does not, that's a problem. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think that's regardless of which of the articles somebody might be reading, uh, really the, the takeaway is uh, what's going on with testing of cannabis in the United States and what kind of impact does it have on people? Cause we're hearing some creepy stories. What I, I'm hearing some, what kind of creepy stories are you hearing? Just the ones I see on social media platforms and, and on internet and, and, uh, I don't want to, I don't really want to go over this one, but it, there was a death involved. And it was like, Ooh, man, that's serious. You know, it's kind of like laborers testing and laborers. It's not a new issue. And, and I can say it personally, because my dad from the time when he was at the age pie of my youngest son up until that age, maybe who was working in the field as a migrant worker in Michigan and pesticides and migrant workers were a big issue. 
Okay. Because yeah. they're spraying people with that stuff. Right. And they didn't really care what was happening to them. Yeah, so just make the dollar, no concern for the people. Oh, that was a huge thing. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, um, uh, Cesar Chavez out in California in the grape, the grape boycott. And, uh, that was a big deal. So, so laborers is, you know, that's, that's th- these issues are, they're nothing new, you know what I mean? And, and we both understand that, but it's new in this industry because now this industry is becoming regulated and, and it feels like it's new because it's something different than something you would buy at the grocery store in the produce section or in the meat market. Right. And. Well, you bring up a, a, a good point and you, you know, referred to the true leave employee. They're the Florida medical cannabis company it was in the news yeah it was in this article in very there. large you know they've got about nine thousand employees at this point so they're one of the uh largest multi-state operators here in the u.s and one of their massachusetts facilities one of the employees died i believe it was back in january and this has all resurfaced recently uh and they were breathing in too much dust they it basically it sounds like they asphyxiated um and this i is, don't know all the is, details because yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's very controversial. Um, yeah. Well, technically, it's the first death due to cannabis. That's the headline. Okay, but yeah. this is someone's life. Yes, this affected this person. So this... this affected the, it continues to affect their family. Uh, so it, anyway, I wasn't trying to sidetrack us, but no, that's you, good, man. That's fine. This this is a first in our industry, and uh, it, you know, lives are literally in the balance. So this is something people should be talking about. And I, I understand their shareholder value and, you know, companies like true leave are, are not going to want to discuss this perhaps, or frame it only a certain way. But I think we need to look at it from all sides. I'm, I'm not uh, a fan or an enemy of any company like true leave, but could, you know, the ultimate question is, could this have been prevented? And same here. There's no extra grind. I just bring that up because when, when you, it's, when you think about it, it's kind of like, wow, when you, when you're in the military and I was in the military, you know, that (laughs) demographics is a way of looking at things in mass. Right. And, uh, it can be cold hearted sometimes when you look at it like that, because the person's family, the person's family who did die, that's not good. And, and I didn't bring it up to talk about that. I was just saying that it's not a new issue. You know, these issues, it's not the first time this has happened to people. This has happened. This stuff has been happening in our country for decades. And. So old issues, new industry. Exactly. Right. And it's, but let's and not it's, act like they're, they're new issues because they're not. It, and we know how to it. deal with them. Right. Right. That's it. That's the kind of like, this ain't nothing new, but it is serious. And it, 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 I believe it demands attention because just like you said, patients are using this stuff. Like, right and and that's where that's where it comes into uh and this is what i really like about what you're doing with higher learning lv is that you provide a lot of free information man you do you really do you provide a lot of free information and you say hey you know i got this window of time these articles are open for up until this time and here are the programs i have for learning on my platform i really like what you're doing Kurt. it's really cool it is really cool what you got going on with higher learning and the podcast too and and uh with that it's kind of like the um, the patient side of things and the idea of I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch read I'm gonna catch listeners up real quick. Yeah. Our first the first episode I gave you I gave you the questions that I ask everybody. I've had a couple questions after that since we started the new year 2022. But 
we had that conversation. And so we don't need to go back there because your worldview hasn't changed and neither is mine. You are an atheist right. and, and I still believe in Christ. And that's cool. That's perfectly cool. That's perfect. So what I'm saying is we're not, for the listeners, we're not going to go over that stuff again. All right. We're going to, we're going to go over something that Kurt really. I'll just tell him that I officially label myself a secular humanist, um, which is technically different than atheist. I'm okay. not an atheist because an atheist oh, that's says right. there it is was no God. You're right. And, I apologize. And I'm like, I don't I'm know. Sorry. There may be one. There may not be one. That's kind of the academic perspective of, of a secular humanist. You but know, when you said anyway. humanist, then I remembered. Then I was like, oh, that's right. He did say that. I do remember that. I apologize, man. So, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I just, you know, it's 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 a very academic, nuanced, picky point. But, <laughs> but secular humanists and humanism is, uh, it, it's yeah, it's not atheism, but it's but it also doesn't embrace it. It says it's kind of the belief that there's more information out there. There's more science out there. There's so much that's undiscovered in the universe or at the bottom of the ocean or in our genes and our DNA. And if we get that information that it will show us the truth. And I, I, it, you know, and I like to add a little Buddhist humility to that and be like, we don't know what the truth is. We might think we do with our 70 inch flat panels and our satellites and, but we we're not there yet. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. That was, I, that was a cool way of saying it, man. We might know with our 70 inch flat panels. They, they've seen them as big as 85 now, man. It's insane. And people know. <laughs> just like, wow, that's a wall of television in your home. That's great. <laughs> and, and with all that information that's conveying all this, with all those screens conveying all this audio and visual information, we're so far away from truth. I mean, I agree, know. man. I agree. I, yeah. Yeah. It's well, you know, we talk a lot. We listen a lot. We, I hear voices, you know, jabber, jabber, jabber all the time. What are they talking about though? That's, that's what I would. The I think a lot I of it's distraction, right? I mean, you put on, you put on a screen. It's kind of like, okay. Is, is it some celebrity wore the wrong dress to the <sighs> event? Cause I, yeah, like, okay. It sounds like we might be wasting some of our bandwidth, not trying to be a, a jerk there, but. No, no, I agree. Uh, I know. I, I, I do agree because, but here's the thing. That little thing, that little that little thing that we rely on, that cell phone, that whatever you use, we rely on it a lot. And, it, and it's, we get the notifications on that stuff. And and then uh, that stuff can lead to all kinds of different things. But I want to switch gears because I want us to talk about hope in the way you described it to me when we were setting this thing up. You know what I'm talking about? Because we, like yeah. I said- you you have your worldview. I have mine. We already we already established that. But there was with the way you talked about the way you described hope. I was like, okay, let's do that. That's really cool. Now, yeah, I'll, I'll, you want me you want me to help us get started here, man? Go ahead. All right. Because when you wrote that email to me, and I was like, okay, that's a that's something that. I think people can tell when it's being faked, and I don't think you're faking it, Kurt. I don't think you're faking it at all, man. And that's what—that's why we're doing this. <laughs> that's why we're doing this. This is the proof right here. I don't think you're faking <laughs> it because the way you wrote this, you're like, you know what? I want to talk about hope, and when somebody is in pain, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, somebody's in pain, and this plant might be able to make them feel better. Absolutely. I mean, 
I write these articles all the time, develop courses and seminars that talk about the efficacy of cannabinoids and terpenes for various diseases, disorders, and conditions, cancer, arthritis, Parkinson's, yeah. uh, epilepsy, stuff. Dravet syndrome, a three-year-old having a hundred seizures a day. This is very serious stuff and it can, it's emotional stuff. It's, and if there's a way that we can prevent some of the pain and some of the suffering. And I think that is the hope in cannabis and hemp or marijuana or ganja or whatever the heck you want to call it, right? But there is proven efficacy in these phytomolecules from this plant. And that does give hope to desperate people. I was just published an article yesterday uh, called, let's see here. The endocannabinoid system and depression. I just wrote it, yeah. so I should remember, right? I get your emails, um, man. They're good stuff. The and one of the things pointed out by this research study that I talked about was that depression is the number one major depression, uh, major depressive disorder, MDD is what it's technically called by doctors. Uh MDD is the number one uh funnel toward suicide. So the majority of people who commit suicide were uh, clinically and severely depressed. I see people, I'm not a medical doctor, but I see, I'm just a technical writer, but I see people smoke a joint, smoke a bowl, uh, eat a cookie, and go from hopeless and severely depressed to having at least a little hope, a little more than they did. Do Does that prevent a face, suicide? Does, does, that, does, that, does that give them enough positivity to deal with their ailment because anybody who's up against stage three cancer or severe arthritis or anything pain just i was writing about pain a couple of weeks ago we have like 120 million people just in the united states alone who were suffering from some sort of pain uh sleep disorders did you know there's over a hundred sleep disorders i thought there were three or four there's over a hundred and tens of millions of people suffer from them insomnia is not the only one we have research studies that prove efficacy of molecules like cbd and thc delta a delta 9 for many of these conditions. And my whole point is, these are extremely common conditions. Hundreds of millions of people in North America suffering from them, and we have something that can help. But as you and I discuss often, this gets into politics, this gets into Washington, D.C., Schedule One, gets into lovers and haters. This is a culture war. I mean, if I were gonna write a book about it, and I'm not, because books don't make any money these days, but. I think I'd call it culture wars. And I mean, look at the prohibitionists in this country. It, they sound just like it's 1932. And they're saying, boy, smoke a joint and you'll run around with a knife and kill people and be a raving lunatic. Mm, I've never seen that. I would welcome a research study that showed evidence of that. Haven't seen one so far, right? So. This is, so back to what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, this is a very frenetic, dynamic time. You can tune into and listen to people who will tell you how bad marijuana is. You can listen to and tune into people like you and I who will talk mostly positively about this herb. 
yeah who do you, who do you I, listen I, to I, this is like an information war it's like a pr yes war. an information war that's a, that is i mean that's not a new concept either that's that but you're right exactly. it is an information war because that is that is what uh and this is why what you put this is why tying back into when you said we put these 70 inch or 70 inch screens in our homes and these screens in front of our face that's the inform that's where the most the information are pulled most, most bleh, that's where most people are pulling their information from right right Right. I, I mean, it is kind of wild and, and I do it myself, right? I, I, I do what I do on the podcast and I post and I do stuff for the podcast and for sometimes personally, cause it's fun, but other times it's kind of like, okay, I need to put this thing down because it ain't doing me no good right now. It is distracting me from all kinds of things. And not only that, it's filling my head with thoughts that I don't want to be thinking right now. Yeah. Why am I thinking these things? It's programming right? you in a way, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that's just psychology 101. You are you are programmed. Your whole tone throughout the day is determined by all the stimulus around you. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. And and then and then I bring this up because, man, I tell you, when you look at this stuff, just like when you're looking around the world, just walking around anywhere, you see more people. And I've got, Kurt's looking at me right now. I've got my phone in front of my face and I'm going to look down at it like this. And like I said, I'm not making fun of people because I do it too. I'm just saying it's, it's just the, the consumption of information of some type of content, whatever form it is on that cell phone is just constant. I think of it as pros and cons. Yeah. Like there's a is. lot of good that comes through that. Smartphone. Absolutely too. That's how you but, and I met man. <laughs> yeah. But you can die from too much water, right? You know, you're like too much of anything. Life and, and health is about balance. So, uh, you know, at what point do you have to invoke self-discipline and say, okay, it's 7 p.m. I'm turning off my phone. I'm closing my laptop or or whatever. That's those are personal rules. You know, right. people have to come <laughs> up with their own rules. I'm not. Uh, well, I am pro technology. Um, I like it, too. You know, because I, I like to think of all the great things it does, but I think you bring up a good point. You know, there's there's many thought leaders out there who are, they talk a lot. They're almost like life coaches and they talk about how to use the the pros of technology while trying to avoid the cons. And uh, yeah, you know, if you ignore your kids, if you ignore your dog, if you don't get any exercise uh, because you're so immersed in the technology, I would say in my humble opinion, that's overdoing it a bit. That's wild. And, and you know, as we're talking about this, I keep thinking about hope too. And it's kind of like people are looking at that thing for some kind of hope too. I think sometimes people are looking at that screen because they're looking for hope too. And, and this is what is really cool. And I still, I, I, I say it over and over again, because I do think what you're doing is really cool. Kurt. I mean, you're providing people a lot of technical information on specifics about the cannabis plant that can help specific diseases. It's, it's, I, I don't recall. I don't think we, I don't think we, we think we talked about this part before we hit record, right? talking about the specific uh when you you, you said uh limonene you, you you were talking about the terpenes right and you, you talk about how specific these things can get when it comes to treating certain and i'm not right. we're not making any things we're just we're just talking about the technical research that you have read right yeah exactly and that's the whole you know i appreciate your your support and and your positive energy miguel 
if there's anything special about the content that I'm developing for Higher Learning LV is that it is one ad free because ads bias the content. So we'll always be 100% ad free. That's cool. That That's is, very cool. It, it's important. You know, I take this stuff seriously. You know, my, my girlfriend jokes that, you know, we're serious as an effing heart attack and we kind <laughs> of are. Because it's it's <laughs> education. Serious. We're saying these are the facts and like, there's a certain authority in that. Well, well that's cocky. Who made you? Well, it goes back to peer reviewed research studies. So we're ad free and it's all peer reviewed research studies. Anything I talk about, I can map back to a peer reviewed research study. It's right. not That's hearsay. It's not urban legend. It's not misinformation because there's a lot of misinformation going floating around out there right now. There are influencers and sports celebrities and other types of celebrities. And they're saying things that are not always entirely true. Right. And the really sad part about that equation is they have millions or even tens of millions of fans who eagerly listen to everything they say. Yeah. And when they spew misinformation about cannabis and hemp, I I'm just like, Oh my gosh, that didn't go to 12 people. That went to 12 million people. Like that's, that's a major effect. So we wonder why we have, you know, people saying stuff that's not technically correct these days. Uh, there you go. That's, that's, that's why you, you've got some very popular people sometimes saying things that are not completely accurate. Why? Well, driven by ads. Why not based in peer reviewed scientific research. So and that's as far as it goes for me. It's a really simple equation. You have to get rid of the bias. You have to base this in science. And sometimes science doesn't even tell us what we want to know. But science says, well, we got a little further in solving the mystery. But a single study, by the way, doesn't really tell you anything. It's right. thousands of studies that point toward the same thing. And people going, theory yeah, I see what you're saying there. Yes, you're onto something there, right? That's basically what we're saying. It's like, there's something there. People you're are looking for that. patterns. You're looking for yeah. trends. Because I'm not trying to make people paranoid, but no. all studies have flaws. They all and do, because we're people. Scientists, all people are flawed. Good scientists will actually tell you about the flaws. It's the design of their study. They'll say, okay, here's the weaknesses in our design and things that maybe future researchers can have the time or money or technology to prevent. Sometimes we just don't have the technology and the machinery and the equipment to prevent some of these flaws. We got the imagination, got the imagination. But yeah, I mean, it's we're flawed people are making things they're not going to be perfect. There are going to be some flaws in it. And we were talking about that with pluses and minuses in terms of uh, um, like the batches. Like, you know, it's like, hey, is it going to be this exact number on whatever this thing is measuring? Whatever that and whatever that ingredient is, it's measuring, right? Is it that exact number? There's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit plus or minus in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, it, margin of error and there are standard right. different uh, disciplines and industries have, you know, different margins of error. Uh, yeah, if somebody tells me that I buy some cannabis and that it's got 22% Delta 9 THC, if it's got 19%, that's cool. You know, it sounds like you did your best. If it's got 24%, that's cool. I think you did your best. If you say it's got 23 and it's got 11, hey, he's ripping me <laughs> off here, right? That's a bit different. You can only have, that's why it's a margin, right? You can only have so much <laughs> error until you start to get fraudulent or unethical. <laughs> And accidents do happen. People, accidents do happen. Yeah, absolutely. And they happen all the time. It kind of makes people wonder, though. <laughs>
Well, and as you and I talked about earlier, there is a testing crisis in cannabis right now. Uh, and I think it's fair to call it a scandal. I think it's fair to call it a crisis. Uh, of course, it's such a pocketed mess, like we were talking about earlier, that it's a whole lot of scandals, right? There's a whole lot of testing labs who are going into the pay-to-play zone. And, uh, and the problem there is that now consumers and patients can't trust anything. The trust goes out the window when you keep reading these headlines about, uh, you know, there's like attorneys going into dispensaries, pulling 20 products off the shelf, taking them to the local lab and saying, test this. But now they're getting smart and they're taking them to two or three different labs and saying, test this. Oh, look, this lab said 18%. This lab said 18.8%. This lab, we offered them an extra 500 bucks and they said 28%. Funny how that works. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And yeah, you know exactly. what? The music industry, when you said pay to play, that was exactly uh -huh. what I thought of. The music industry, right? It's like, yeah, but that's not something that goes in your mouth. That goes into your mind and get into your heart. And that's where it's kind of like, that's a little bit, I, I find it very similar. It's kind of like, well, one's medicine and one's, music is medicine for some people right and it sounds like this is this is these concepts are not new you know what i'm saying just like the just like the laborers and the and the consumers yeah i mean these concepts and i would like new. to say for listeners that pay to play i don't think it's inherently evil this is just my own opinion but many of the magazines in the cannabis industry are pay to play people yeah. just consumers and readers don't realize this but the reason you saw that ceo on the cover is because they paid five or ten thousand dollars to be on the cover and to have a nice three-page spread written about them and i'm not saying that that's wrong no but so so there are places where pay to play is let's just say it's ethical Okay. We say just be aware of. I I I say it like I'm like ethical. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just aware of it. Yeah, you know, like, everybody's opinion varies, right? Yeah, As to whether that's right. a sorry, good man. thing for society. I interrupted, Kurt. I apologize. No, no, but it. But with testing, now we have a problem yeah. because there's no question to the ethics of that. If you're telling me there's 30 percent delta nine THC and there's actually 11, if you're telling me I'm getting a bunch of CBD and there's next to nothing, and when I was talking about those attorneys who will go into the dispensary and buy a bunch of samples and take them to multiple testing labs, that is what has been found. Media outlets have done this, magazines, attorneys, uh, nonprofit organizations. And when you find that, oh, wow, we tested 100 products and, you know, the majority of them came up inaccurate. They went outside that margin of error. They got into the danger zone. And there are even some outliers that do things like, oh, they say there's 30 milligrams of CBD in this and there's uh, zero. There is none. So there, you know. We, we were talking there was there was a, a woman i know who uh who who did experience exactly what you're talking about with cbd the batch uh i'm not going to say anything but she said the batch was different than what it was she is that she was used to and it was less the the amount of the the, the quantity not the, not the material quantity the cbd the quantity of cbt in the material was less right, right? and uh it laid her out for two weeks Oh, wow. for two weeks that's, so it's kind of like yeah stuff it's kind of like yeah that stuff well, does impact people it's like I'm, yeah it's like yeah i'm glad you said that miguel because uh I, I always have the challenge of getting beyond theoretics 
And that's why I love personal anecdotes and testimonies. But this is a story of mislabeling that led to someone you're saying being sick for half a month. So hold on. I don't know if it was mislabeling or if she bought the same thing and the batch just had, let me, let me make that sure because, because I, and it's, she's not a, we, we, uh, but there was some sort of aberration and product yes, formulation or quality. Yeah. How that difference came about. I don't know, but there was a difference between what she had been consuming and the, that bottle that she got that time. And, uh, and the real news is it put her down for two weeks. Yes, that's serious. That's stuff. what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an hourly employee, you don't get paid for that half month. Precisely. That's, that's, that's the kind idea. of stuff. This was like this stuff <laughs> impacts labor, right? This stuff impacts the stuff impacts lives, which we all are interconnected in one way or another, whether we want to recognize it or not. Yeah. Well, like I say, I like it when you take it beyond the theory. Let's look at some of the real world impacts of of some of these great theoretics, you know, we're talking about and labeling parameters and testing accuracy. That all sounds great. But when it goes wrong, how does that actually hurt patients and consumers? So it's a great example. Thanks, man. I appreciate it <laughs> because it all points. I think, man, I, I, uh, I think of you a lot when I'm when I have these conversations with people, Kurt, because of the material you put out. You really do put out a lot of good material for people to consume. And if you're going to be in front of your 70 inch screen in front of your home or your cell phone, look up higher learning LV. Because you can do that. There's a web browser built into your TV and there has been for 10 or 15 years. So. Go do that, peeps. <laughs> Absolutely. And then subscribe to his podcast and mine. <laughs> That's right. Um, but but I do, in all seriousness, think, you know, I appreciate your support so much, Miguel. But we have achieved this point at Higher Learning LV through strategic planning. And like I say, we'll always be ad-free. It, it's not my choice to say I want to be ad-free. I'd love the additional revenue, but... That's not what I do for a living. I'm training in education and I love it when companies get confused at what they do for a living and they're like, oh, you know, they just kind of the greed monster, you know, takes over. Did you not stop to think that's just going to bias your content and now you're not objective anymore? And if you're not objective, it goes from there. Yeah. So be, be based in science. What are we talking about? We're talking about molecules from a plant and the way they interact with our bodies and our endocannabinoid system and the CB1 receptors in our brain and the CB2 receptors in our immune system. And well, guess what? That's heavy science. We might not like it that right. way, but, oh, but it is. is, it is what it is. And you know, God built that science. The Big Bang built that science. Something built that science. And what we are doing is taking the brain that God gave us and saying, let's figure out a little more of that science because we think we can improve lives. You know, like we know we can improve lives. So that's why I'm so pro science because I, yes, you can use science to build weapons of mass destruction too. That's totally true. But I would like to think that ethical, compassionate human beings would take the technology and the science and do good with it. You know, I, I can't control them, but I would hope that that's what they would do. Hey man, there are, there are some people just like you're doing it with what you're doing. There are people doing it in those areas too. And I was talking about was, was uh, two days ago. It's like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig into this, but it was the topic where we got into, we got into a little bit of politics and it was just kind of like, uh, I don't like doing politics a lot. I know. 
but it was kind of like you know it's at the same time that we were both like we're all three of us were like you know you got to have people with good hearts in areas of life whether it's politics whether it's information sharing education all the things that you're doing with higher learning lv what many people are doing in in with cannabis and hemp a lot of people believe in it because they have that foundational belief in them there's always going to be people that are on the that are not no doubt about it there's always going to be just like anything just like oh, yeah bell curve of the, life right good and bad right exactly and i think the major point that i would say come from then then you can wrap up you you get the last one on this man but i say the major point i think for people to take away is optimism for me for optimism among don't forget i'll put it like this don't forget that optimism exists because sometimes people get used to crap things from people's lives is kind of like it's one almost thing. trendy to be cynical and snarky right like the 1990s <laughs> dude and that's why i can't stand this i'm just like it's like doing it all over again i hear it all over the radio i'm like i didn't like this music you know i mean when i was when i was living in the 1990s it was like oh apathy yeah apathy's cool i mean look at i mean look 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 at look at the the musical pop stars of the 60s and the 90s that are most celebrated they're dead most of them died in their 20s and in the 90s same thing followed suit the arguably the biggest rock band in the world nirvana dude blows his brains out violently yeah, sad ending there. It is. It's very sad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that because, you know, every 30 years we retread this stuff and we're 30 years from 1990 and here we are in 2020 and all this stuff and all this influences. And it's just like, oh, and that's why I'm saying that's because people can get used to what they think are bad things happening to them all the time. And sometimes it really is bad crap. It's, it's like, you know what? That is, you got to get uh, out of there. Right. But to celebrate the bad, and it sounds like that's where you're leading, that it's some of these artists are celebrating the bad dark side. Celebrating it and and saying it's like celebrating it, but also it becomes a habit. And and I know, I know, I know, I think I know what word you're going to use, but I'm going to say don't forget optimism that that there's that there's underneath the negativity that you can get used to seeing on your cell phone and all over the place. And even in your own thoughts, remember that there's a place that is the opposite. That's all right, true. Man. It, it, well, it's, it's what you choose to embrace, right? Uh, right. Our, our friend and right. colleague, John Bailey talks about intent quite a bit. And, you know, we did a podcast episode about a research study that investigated of all things does regular consumption of cannabis make you a quote unquote lazy stoner does it lead to apathy and a motivation and you know more technical terms like that and john's response was what's your intent if your intent is to unplug and tell the man to screw off and not do any work that day or whatever he said hey i'm not going to judge but okay that's what you're going to manifest he goes if your intent is the opposite then cannabis can help you manifest that too so uh really comes comes down to intent is is your intent to dupe people and simply steal their dollars or is your intent to provide value and earn a fair living there's a big difference right on man that's not the word i thought you were gonna pick but it was good it was good kurt i agree completely (laughs) man amen that was good (laughs) all right 
You got anything else you want to tell people that you got going on? Checking you out? Oh, just, you know, we're, we're having fun again. If I'm going to name drop anybody, uh, it would be John Bailey and Dina Putnam from Leafwise Naturals uh, helping me with the C3 podcast. And we do it every week. And it's like any other content I create. It is ad-free and based in peer-reviewed research science and studies. It's, it, I don't know any other way to do it and stay legitimate, Miguel. You know? yeah, it's called it's, integrity, it, man. It's called it, integrity. and that's It's not a marketing it. campaign. It's like scientifically the only damn way you can do it. <laughs> and that's why people should check you out that's why people should check you out well, Kurt i Robbins, appreciate it absolutely man absolutely this is the conversation cannabis and christianity podcast our special guest is kurt robbins he's the founder of higher learning lv in las vegas nevada and he's a technical writer and instructional designer who's been developing science-based educational and training content for fortune 200 enterprise companies for more than 20 years and he's also written more than 130 license applications for companies entering the legal cannabis industry. Thank you very much, Kurt. Thank you, Love Miguel. You. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Love you all.